Welcome to episode 364 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And this is a special video episode. So if you are listening right now on iHeartRadio or Apple Music or on a podcast site and you would rather come watch us and see what my handsome and beautiful guests look like, you can go to YouTube and just type in We Don't Die Radio 364. And a reminder, our home base for all the shows is wedontdie.com. And although this this is episode 364, I also have 49 episodes of the new show on iHeartRadio called Shades of the Afterlife. And that show is a little different. It's got a big backing by Coast to Coast AM radio show and iHeartRadio. It does have commercial breaks and we talk about different topics all under one episode, all in one episode, whereas this show, we get to spend quality time with no interruptions with whoever the guests are or guests are. So I want to introduce you or remind you of who these beautiful people are we have today. Today, we have back the fabulous medium duo slash husband-wife team of Carrie McLeod and Philip Dykes, who've been mediums for 25 years plus. They are my two favorite mediums, and they are tutors. They run our weekly classes. We do a psychic class on Wednesday, on Tuesday. We do a soul journey called The Way to Your Spirit on Thursdays. We have mediumship class with them. We've been doing them all online, all since COVID hit the world. We brought education online. And what's happened is we've met so many more people that may not have ever found out about them and would not have flown across the world to take a course. And so many people are having so many spiritual fabulous experiences because of them. They are in Scotland. They run the Spirit and Soul Foundation. And between us, they are two of my very closest friends. And uh, welcome, Carrie and Phil. Welcome back. Thank you, Sandra. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and to be back with you. Mm. It feels like I just saw you. (laughs) Sorry, Carrie. Imagine that. It's really strange to think all the way back to March 2020, when we'd spent all of, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but most of 2019 together in different places in the world. And then we spent even more of 2020 and 2021 together because we've been in courses online. So it's really strange to hear all that time ago that it's where we went online. It is. And I still remember sitting and having a few drinks with you guys in the Holiday Inn lobby out there in Ashford, Kent, when we were at the Banyan retreat. And I just knew I loved you guys. And I just knew that we were going to partner up. And I, I don't know if I invited you to come to America then or how that happened. But I know at one point you asked Scott Milligan, is she for real? And I'm like, I knew it. You just know. And here we are. I remember that conversation. I remember that meeting. And I remember Kerry saying, is this how it really happens? And I went, yes, <laughs> this is how it really happens. Uh, so it was, it's just fond memories. And I remember sat in, I think it was Orlando Airport in 2019 and watching you board a plane. And we both got very emotional because we've spent so much time together. It was, it's fabulous memories when we look back. Mm. Fabulous memories. Yeah, I know we can't, we can pick our friends, but we can't pick our family. But you guys, to me, are just so close. You're in my heart. 
I can talk to you about anything. I love who you are for the spirit world and for humanity. And you are real and you're normal. Well, none of us are normal, but just you're, you got big shoulders that I can cry on if needed, but you're great coaches. You just have it all. So you've been on the show several times, but it's always good to have you back. And so much has happened in the world since we last talked and what we're doing online is all great. Um, but we just came, we just finished our Sunday gathering. And if you don't mind, just if you don't mind just sharing what our Sunday gathering is, why we created it. And you might even want to share what we talked about today because it was pretty fun. Mm. I, I'm going to say which one first. Um, you know, it, 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 to be honest, the Sunday gathering was your conception with Darren about an experience you had where you said, we can do this and we can do it better. Um, so to be part of that dream has been fabulous. But the Sunday gathering is about bringing inspiration. It's about changing people's lives. It's about making a difference, being a, a community, a family that everyone can come to, not just on a Sunday, but during the week as well. Um, but we try to make it a little bit fun. We do take what it stands for very seriously, but we like that fun element. Like tonight, for instance, creativity and fun to share some of our experiences of life, some moments in life that have given us a different perception of life, but also to help people see what they've already got and how they can make life better and better choices and make differences in not just their lives, but in their family's life as well. Because mm. the Sunday gathering brings together what traditionally would have been a form of a service or, or a, a meeting, as they're, they're called in the UK often, where there's a bit of singing, there's a little bit of prayers, there's a bit of a talk and then there's a little bit of mediumship as well and to be able to take that internationally for a global audience who have had to for many reasons lose their communities and have maybe suffered loss during the time that they've lost those communities have been able to come together and there's so many people join us every single week this was week 79, am I right? Then there's an incredible service being delivered there for people. But it's also in years to come. I'm sure people are going to come across that that have really benefited from knowing that there's something after physical life. And I think it's created a platform or help people or reach more people in the world to understand what a spiritualist medium is, to understand what a service is, and to understand what evidence is meant to do. Um, it proves the spirit world, proves the evidence that our loved ones still live on, but yet it's there to inspire us and change life. So I think we're mediumship or should I say spirituality has been and, and what it's created actually in some ways the, the pandemic has created opportunity for people to experience something that they may have not thought about not even or want, didn't want to go in a church didn't want to uh, or didn't know what it was about so they, they can come on and if, to quote a few of them or quite a lot of them it's their new home because they love that inspiration they love the music they love the words and because it's a team of us together each week it's different we all have different themes different perceptions that's what makes it quite unique it's different i'm proud of us for anyone listening or for watching right now it's completely free it starts 2 p.m east coast 
time in America, which is 7 p.m. UK time, 8 p.m. Central Europe. And the times are changing this time of year. So I'm not going to quote the time for New Zealand and Australia because it will be changing. <laughs> but I'm proud of it because you guys are our mediums. And every Sunday we get to see you demonstrate your mediumship and reconnect people to those they love who they thought have lost and to bring forth the words and the memories and the evidence of the people that live on in the spirit world is so joyous. It really is. And I've never really added it up, but there are hundreds and hundreds of people that have been reunited with their loved ones in our Sunday gatherings. And when we do our monthly monthly uh, demonstrations with you guys. So um, thank you. Thank you for being the people you are that are giving of your time. And I think you're probably like me. We have so much fun doing it and are filled with inspiration and joy that even though we're not getting paid for it, we love doing it. Right? Absolutely. And every week with it being a different theme, it captures people's imagination. And the purpose of it, yes, is to bring comfort and yes, to educate to a certain level, but it's also to plant the seed within people because everybody has that question, even those of us who have a doubt momentarily through our week or, or our month or year where we begin to doubt, is it really there? Something can be said on the Sunday gathering or something that can happen that will reignite that belief. And for others, it plants the seed that will grow long after they've left the Sunday gathering. They might only come in once or twice even, but being there plants that seed that grows within them that allows their own spiritual journey to begin. And that's what mediumship's really about, is about creating that um, those conditions that allow people to start asking the questions that I know your podcast answer to some extent, but everybody's journey is so individual that that seed that's planted gets to grow in a way that's true for them. And there's no rush for that seed to grow. Everybody's on, you're in the right place at the right time. Don't look back thinking I should have done this before. Nope. Right now is the perfect time. Well, Carrie and Phil, not everybody knows you yet. So if you wouldn't mind talking just briefly about your history, what brought you to this whole afterlife, I don't want to say job, but you know what I'm saying, the, the whole world that you're in and what the Spirit and Soul Foundation is, and then we'll get into some meatier conversation. Yeah, sure. I uh, <laughs> Most people who are still able to talk and breathe here as an alive, as we would call them, have had some kind of interaction or sense of there being a something beyond physical life, even if it's just synchronicity or you've got that sense of there being something afterwards. And I had that sense as a young child of always knowing there was a something and I was frightened of it. I didn't understand it. I didn't have people that I could go and ask about it. So I began to just ignore it. And for a long time, I ignored it, even though things still happened. I ignored it because it's just something that I didn't talk about. And then um, just after my daughter was born in 96, I entered into a spiritualist church, a local one near where I lived. And in there, I was exposed to 
a medium who was giving evidence, a philosophical talk, and a lovely gentleman that I met there called Doc MacArthur, who changed my life. Because after I sat there, it planted so many questions that my logical scientific mind could not answer. And I asked people that were there that received contacts that evening, does the medium know you? How would they know that? Is that evidence correct? And after, and I kept going back to to prove that this wasn't the case, (laughs) that this wasn't real, that it wasn't really happening. And then I began, began to become curious about, well, if these mediums are doing that, how about I find out whether all this stuff when I was younger is actually correct? So I started through the normal way of Um, how we find people coming in through curiosity, through cards, through pendulums, through um, dowsing and things that got my curiosity buzzing even more. And then the spiritual experiences began to unfold to a point that I had undeniable proof. And you can hear from a medium evidence of survival or an evidence that your loved one is there. But when you experience something for yourself, that's undeniable. I arrived at a point where I was either needing my mental health looked at or I was actually doing what I was doing. And I came to the conclusion that there were so many things that I couldn't explain other than people in the spirit world in an unseen world were able to communicate with me. And I was able to give that evidence to the person in front of me. And generally, they understood it. And from then, I went on to doing divine services and demonstrations of mediumship throughout the UK And then the spirit world opened the door to me to being able to travel. And for that, I had to leave my daytime job, a job I'd spent a lifetime trying to get successful, whatever successful means. And I left that and went to follow mediumship. And here I am speaking to you. Synchronicity, coincidence, um, pure chance. I believe the spirit world is absolutely behind everything and I'm ever so grateful I still feel that emotion as I as I speak about it because I'm ever so grateful for the spirit world making happen what they've allowed to happen because everything happens at the right time mm. and I suppose for myself there's a, a journey that probably a lot of people will be able to relate to through personal grief of loss of loved ones a uh, very young age um, experiencing that and always had questions left about it as a child why wasn't I included why I wasn't allowed to say goodbye to people then when I became a little bit older and the same things happened through grief I started to ask those questions is there more to life and we go on that journey don't we seeking that proof of the afterlife and like everybody else we've all got that intellect and um, those questions But my mother went for a reading and um, God love her. I love her to bit. She's still here. um, But I know my mother and she's probably listening. So I'll I'll be quite honest. She has loose lips that sink ships. So in other words, probably everything came out. So I went to see this medium and, and my thoughts were of that. Okay, My mother's been to see you. You must remember things. She must have told you things. 
And I've got a, I come from a family of teachers and civil engineers and engineering. So I have a mindset that wants to break everything down. So my thoughts were very much like Kerry, that there's something to this. I can't put my finger on it. Still left that little question in my mind. Is it real? So I traveled hundreds of miles to across the other side of the country where I thought nobody knows me, went to see another medium, and it was almost identical to what the first medium said. And I thought, there's nothing here that I can't take. And it sent that, sent me down that um rabbit hole, that warren hole of other questions. How could they know this? How did, oh, it must be intelligent questions. Did I tell them? So like everybody today, we have them question, did we give them anything? Did we say anything? Um, but then I thought, okay, I'm going to really take a look at this. And I travelled to into Scotland and went to see a medium there. But no doubt they wouldn't know anything about me. There was nothing on social media at that time. In fact, I know when I did this, none of my family knew either what I was doing. So I went to see the medium that, the medium told me some undeniable facts that I can't explain. And it sent me on that journey of there is something to this. How can people know these facts about my loved ones, all the personal memories? And it started to form an inner quest to want to know more. It would help me explain certain experiences I had as a child, I had as a teenager, and even in my early 20s, where I've had experiences of the spirit world, people will call them synchronicities. People will probably relate to finding things that re remind you of your loved ones, like feathers or numbers of certain dates. Well, all this was happening, and, and I would think about something, then lo and behold, I'd switch the radio on, the wireless, and that, that would come on. Even to what I got really strong impressions to do things, and when I did, there was fantastic results of meeting people that changed my life, even where I just had this undeniable desire to go and get a scratch card. And I thought, no, I can't waste my money. That point I was living on my own. I thought, no, it's just throwing my money away. Um, and the religion I come from, betting's not one of those things. So I did it and I won. And I kept on winning, not large amounts of money. And it was just this overwhelming, do it again, do it again. Almost like the spirit world were pushing until I thought, no, that's it. Then that feeling stopped. But the way that walking into a church for the first time, and I can't explain it, I remember it was Horwich National Spiritualist Church in Lancashire. I walked in and I was greeted very warmly by a gentleman called John Gilbert. It was going to be a massive influence in my life. But I remember sitting down and the medium pointed, I need to come to the medium over there. And I'm sat at the back corner by myself, nobody else around me. So I'm doing all this, looking round, and I'm thinking, who are they talking to? It's not me, it's my first time here. So I never spoke back. And the, the medium actually came down and said, you, sir. And I went, I'm really sorry, you're mistaken, I'm not a medium. And um, he said, no, I need to speak to you. And the, the evidence he gave me, it was like my grandfather was sat there talking to him giving him unbelievable details until he said to me, I said, no, you're really wrong there, sir. I can't take that. And I spoke to my father and he said, actually, that's correct. And it's like, oh, so again, I've got questions now of, I know certain stuff, but now I'm being told what I didn't know, but it turns out to be correct as well. And my dad said, here, I take a look at this. And I'm like, well, no, there really is. So that really changed my mindset. And having that conversation with the gentleman I met, John Gilbert, um, wonderful trans medium, wonderful philosopher. Um, he, he was incredibly good because 
he just said, I asked him a question and he would just say a little things that would provoke another question. He gave me an appetite to indulge myself into research of the afterlife and questions of mediums and the paranormal world. So that's where the whole journey for me started. And really, it's still going because I still want more answers. I still want to find out more truth. So I still want to look for that because I remember him saying to me, no medium gets 100%. And I'll quote that today. I'll, I'll say it now. No medium gets 100% of what they're given by the spirit world. And now we're always looking for that, always looking for that bit extra, always looking for what's really, or asking that question within the soul and sending it to the spirit world, what's really relevant to the next person I'm going to meet as evidence. And, and that's the beauty of it. We, we never know what's coming, how the spirit world want to give their evidence or how we're going to deliver it because there is no script. So for me, it's always healthy to have that mindset. But that's really how I came into it through the grief, synchronicities, losing people, finding my answers, which open more questions up. So having that natural curiosity, I suppose, like everybody does, uh, and the sceptic, I'm still sceptical today. I think it's healthy because it makes us question things properly. Do you remember when you had that aha moment to create the Spirit and Soul Foundation? Oh, we did. We, we, it, it, right. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be really honest here. It, it, it's, it's a story of two halves. Not football, but it's a story of two halves. Or soccer, as you call it, in different parts of the world. So I lived in England and Kerry lives here in Scotland. We, As you know, we're man and wife and we live together now. But I was inspired by the spirit world back then and um, where I got the idea of some kind of academy or foundation. And it was that influence. And I thought it was a creation from my own soul. I thought then I heard words from the spirit world, build your church without no walls. And I thought, what does that mean? And I heard this voice that I recognized. I've heard the voice many times and I've listened to videos of this person and he's very well known. And I thought, that's my imagination. And I thought to myself, then I heard it again saying something differently, build your church without walls. And I thought, okay. So I rung up Kerry and I said, I've got re something here. I need to tell you. She said, no, stop, tell you. I've got something to tell you. And I, we do a practice called sitting in the power and we do that to build our own power and our own connection with our own soul that helps us connect with what we would call the creative force of life, which we need for mediumship. And as I was doing that, I'd heard the gentleman I spoke in the beginning called John MacArthur. I heard his voice clearly in my mind say, and I was running, I was president of a church at that point as in a spiritualist church physically here. And I heard him say, you will be taking a church without walls out. And of course, I'm thinking, I've got a church. Does that mean it's closing? Does that mean it's going to fall down? Does that mean um, they're going to throw me out? Do they not need me anymore? I continued on with that church for a long time afterwards and I phoned Phil up. He phoned me and I said, no, let me go first because I just come out of that place. And it ends up the same message happened to us at the same time about that, but it's happened again. We were um both sitting in the power, we, we sat at the same, we sit at the same time. And when we came out of there, and it was September 2019, because we hadn't quite, um, we were planning on seeing you. We were meeting you up in America to, to do what we didn't know then would be our final time before COVID. And we came out and we said, 
we need to do online courses. Online courses is the way that this is going to go. And Phil said that he had had similar information imparted to him. It's very rare when we're sitting that we get information like that because we're not looking for it. If it's dropped in, that's a different thing. So we did in the October before we came over to see you, we developed five online courses ready for who knows what. We came and saw you. We spent November and part of December in the States. We came back. We went, I think it was Finland, came back and COVID hit. And within one week, we were online. During that time, you'd, you had said, let's do online um, demonstrations. September 2019, December 2019, let's go global streaming, a live event. Everything the spirit world was influencing all of us to do. They knew what was coming. So at that point, Phil and I have ceased to question mm. what is given by the spirit world. There is a plan here, whatever that plan is and whoever it involves for however long, because we don't know how long this plan goes for. Um, I'm just pleased and I know Phyllis to be part of it. I think we're going to be together for eternity. We get along that well. And for me, for those of you who don't know, I had a full-time career at a 35-year-old business with my mom, catering. Uh, doing the We Don't Die things, writing my book, podcasts. Those were all a part-time thing for me. It's more than a hobby. It's my life passion. But I wasn't making any income from it, which was fine. And then because of COVID, we lost our business, our catering business. We could no longer serve our buffets and, and things. So it was actually one of these things where I can do what I love and then hopefully people will pay or donate to be a part of it. And because of you guys, I've been able to pay my mortgage, which has been a godsend and, um, and my living expenses. But what we've all found is that we are touching the hearts of lives that we would never meet if we were traveling. We had a few, we don't die live events, which we'll have again in the future at some point when it's healthy for us all to travel. But we, none of us saw this coming and the community that we've built around the world. And I have pictured the globe with all these bright, shiny lights all over the place of the different hearts that we are correct, connecting to spiritually. I mean, it's beautiful. It really is. When we believe in the afterlife, which I think you guys can agree, we're all a work in progress. We all are. And sometimes I have to pinch myself like, this all real and it's good to be skeptical, but maybe you guys can talk a little bit about once we do believe, once we do get on our soul's journey, how believing in a bigger picture really can impact our life now. Mm. I think when we have that belief within ourselves, it helps us make sense because some things in life just don't make sense. There's some things in life that I fathom, I, I, I struggle to fathom a reason for it. When disasters happen in the world, when parents lose children to the spirit world, when incredibly painful things happen to the ones that we love, or we see the ones we love go through um, really tri the, the trials and tribulations 
of life, it's really hard to find a reason in that. But for me, when I look at the, the larger picture, I have to believe that there's something greater and there's a bigger plan that once we're in the spirit world, we'll get to see maybe a fraction more of that plan. I I know that when I'm doing, um, the way my mind works is to have a helicopter view of everything. So if I'm looking at things, I like to know how A connects to T and how C connects to W. And I have this vision that there's somebody in the spirit world much grander than myself, I'm sure, that has that view of how what we're doing connects to what maybe somebody else is doing on the other side of the world and how those two elements together might connect with something else that helps one person. And if that one person's in the right time at the one right place, then that horrific time that they're going through or experience that they're having, there'll be something in what they see or hear that makes sense to them and helps. Maybe not even in that moment, but afterwards. And that's where I I find this spirituality for me gives me that reassurance that I don't have all the answers When somebody says, why would that creative force of life do that? I don't have an answer for it. I don't understand why it happens. But all I can share with them is I believe it's part of a something. And everybody has their own understanding of what that something might be. But for me, mediumship, spirituality, um, an understanding of that inner spirit within me and how my soul expresses itself gives me the assurance that I'm playing my part in some way. For the moment it's here, it's with you, I'm loving it. I love what I do. Who knows where the next chapter might lead to, but it brings me comfort. Mm. I think a lot of people use the word synchronicities or coincidences. For me, I like the word purpose. I think everything has a purpose. Every action has a reaction and, and leads to something. And I think we all can relate at some point to where we've gone through disasters in life. We've gone through grief, that group of people that we none of us want to be part of, that we lose somebody. I think it takes us into self and makes us really question our own morality and life itself. And sometimes when we're at that lowest point, we look and say, what is there? What am I here for? And that's when we start to open our eyes to different aspects of life or different perceptions of life and leading different lives and looking and doing different things. I mean, if we look at ourselves today, we're doing the regular things we normally would do without even thinking about it. And when we get asked to do something different, there's a fear that comes in. So I think that these natural situations of grief that we want nobody to experience and we don't want to experience because we know it's so painful in different ways. And and again, grief can touch us in so many different areas and affect us in different ways. And grief for me is a very personal journey. Um, We can never say from our own experience somebody else we can relate to because we just don't know. So I think at that point, we look at our purpose, we look at is the truth to afterlife. We go on our own journey, trying to search and find. And I think on the way, I think we do meet people we're meant to. And I think things are meant to happen the way that they are, however horrible they are. I don't wish anything on anybody. But it's actually 
for me, a, a purpose of what we call spiritualization, where we look at self, we want to be better people, we want to understand and be um, have more empathy for people, more of understanding of others and what they go through and see life from the perception. So gaining that helicopter view, as Carrie mentioned it. But I think it takes us on a, a journey of our own creation where we've done the Sunday gathering tonight. It's about our thoughts create new thoughts and we, we listen to people's answers and it creates even more thoughts of a different nature that can take us down different roads different avenues, different streets that have different answers for so many different people. And I actually firmly believe, I, I don't think there's one right answer. I think there's many answers. And one thing I do believe in is whatever you find is your answer, it brings your, you comfort. Nobody has the right to take away to say that's wrong. This is the truth. That's how open-minded we are. We like to know that we do our job the best that we can. We like to understand the mechanics and processes of mediumship and un have an understanding of the spirit world. But even though we know what we know, we also know there's things out there that we don't know. And we're open to suggestions and different ways and thinking and, and different perceptions. So I think it's a very personal journey we go on to find self, find spirituality, that spiritualization. And we can find it in so many different places through so many different people that we meet. It's, it's one of the richest or riches of life as well. Yeah, I remember. Thank you for both for that. I remember on one of the Sunday gatherings telling the story of the acorn that has to drop from the tree and it's scared and it doesn't know what the future holds and course it drops and then it gets buried under deep dirt and getting rained upon and and all that and trusting the process and it it grew into beautiful oak tree and I think even with my own journey nothing I have ever experienced comes close to the pain of when my dad died not only losing somebody I love so dearly but also the family stuff, I'll say stuff that came up, the fighting about his care and before and after and all that stuff. And I couldn't have hit a darker time like that acorn. Couldn't have, no way, no way could I. And so for anybody who's watching or listening right now that's experiencing deep grief, it is painful. It's awful, awful. I'll give you everything I've got to help lessen that pain if you were to tell me back then that there's a team of people, perhaps, and maybe if my dad was part of it and my siblings, and again, not the truth, maybe, maybe it is, but what if we all came together to play these roles because somebody had plotted out that Sandra would do the research about grief, why it has to hurt so bad, things to help ease the pain, that Sandra would go on this journey of finding so much more reasons to believe in the afterlife that Sandra would start talking to people and recording these extraordinary st stories that ended up becoming now 364 episodes that she'd write a book that she'd have dozens of people who chose not to end their life because of the words helping form a community all over the globe of people that now believe they have comfort but they've met friends and now they're on their own spiritual pathway. 
And I think all I want to say to everyone is I don't think things happen for the reason. I don't think bad people do things to you. And that's for a reason. I don't. But I do think absolutely everything is a learning experience for us, for our soul, and that what we get out of it, we have the opportunity to serve others and make others help others have a better life. Mm. Did you want to add something, Phil? Yeah, um, I, I want to share with people what was shared with myself by a wonderful person in my life and good friend who I trust 200%, uh, Mr. Paul Jacobs. Um, I remember him telling me um, a situation that he went through where he said to Gordon Higginson about that he was only going to serve those in the spirit world and talk on their half. And I remember him sharing that story with me when I made a similar comment that I only want to work for the spirit world. Well, he turned to me and said, and, and that's where the story comes in, um, well, there's different people that suffer different grief, different loss in life. And, and he explained to me, he says, well, somebody might have lost their job. That's painful if they've been in their job all their life. Somebody might have lost a relationship to somebody and that person's still living. That's a painful experience to go through. And he said some people have lost their home or lost their children, been separated. These are all pains and grief that we go through. It really opened my eyes to what a medium's job is, is to inspire the person, to comfort them, bring that healing in, but to touch them in a profound way that creates change to drive forward, but not just change within themselves, but changes in their external world to even social changes. Medium's jobs today isn't just about proving the spirit world. It's about creating change and also it's social circumstances creating change in the world as well. I mean, you Sandra then spoke about your conception of your idea of the We Don't Die brand and how it's built a community. We're lucky enough to be involved in that now. But if you would have said to me 12 months ago, two years ago, that this idea of yours with Church That Wall is going to be a huge community, a family, a home for people, I would have thought, I'm not quite having to understand that. But you know the mottos that we have, all for one and one for all. We never leave anyone behind. And we've, we've had people quote that back to us and said, you've changed our life. And, and I know that a medium's job is to help people change their life, create better opportunities. So I think grief covers a multitude of things. I mean, some good friends of ours, Kath and Mitch Shirley, I remember them talking to me recently and made a real big profound statement to me they helped me understand something that had always been with me all my life where they said even when as a child you may have lost something and parents turned around and said don't worry about it, we'll buy you another one it doesn't get rid of the pain because you had an attachment to that toy that pet whichever it's still a form of grief and loss and it really opened my eyes to what grief can do and loss can do so I think that this journey we're all on it is about experience and sharing it with other people to make their journeys that little bit easier so I think what you do with your book with your banner of we don't die and everyone else that's involved the spectacular they really are not for who they are but the service they do it is about service to humanity Carrie anything you want to add mm. I think when we talk about grief, we know that grief is a, a, a sign that we've loved and it's the flip side to loving, whether it be a pet, whether it be a person or a situation or a relationship, 
it's a sign that we have been vulnerable enough to love and to love unconditionally because if we're really grieving something, what we've what I've found is through this work, the person that's passed to the spirit world misses us, but not as much as we miss them. There's a missing on both sides, but they can see us. They can't hug us. They can't reach out to console us. They can't speak to us directly. But when we've got our own grief, it's a loss within ourselves and it's horrific. We've spoken to people and you've experienced it and spoken to people where that grief is all consuming. And people say time is a healer. Time doesn't really heal. It's that people become more used to that pain of grief and then work their way through to something new. And the work we do, mediumship and the work that the five of us do is about allowing people to see what the next step might look like, not take the next step, but what the next step might look like. But in taking that next step, they have to find, and many of your listeners might recognise this, have to find a way of moving forward without feeling like we're doing disjustice to the past or forgetting the past or letting go. But in all honesty, our loved ones in the spirit world, if it is a loss of that kind, want us to move forward. They don't want us to die with them. Part of us always will, and it will never be replaced. But if we stop living because they are not breathing anymore, then we've stopped living the life that we came to have here. So our loved ones constantly share through mediums, through their signs, through their supporting um, feelings that they come close with, which is go on, move on. You're not being disrespectful. It doesn't mean you've forgotten me. It means you're living for me and you. Now that takes a lot of courage and it takes time, but it doesn't mean the pain disappears. It means that we use that pain in a different way. And yet everybody sits in the corner and has their moment where they've got the tears, but in themselves, there's a sense of having a purpose, allowing whatever we've shared to be expressed in a new way. And often that is, you'll hear of parents saying that they've done things in their children's memory. You'll hear partners saying that they're going on holiday in memory of where they said they were going to go or where they used to go. And knowing that the loved one is right there. And what's in, um, incredible is when people feel their loved one close, because our loved ones aren't way up in heaven and they don't need to make this big journey to be with us. They're right with us. And the amount of times that I've had loved ones say, please don't speak to me as if I'm way up in heaven because I'm looking up in the direction that you're speaking because I'm here with you. So speak to your, speak to loved ones as if they're here because they are. The emotional, the, the mental and the spiritual connection still exists. Mm. It's only the physical, and I say only in small print, it's only the physical relationship that's ended. The other relationship still exists. And it might be that people are listening right now, are watching this um, Facebook Live and, and the podcasts and things in, in the future, where they might just hear a few words that we say that might make a difference for them. Because 
we all miss our loved ones and we're all asking those questions. Can we hear? Can we see? Can we experience? Can you leave me a sign? Well, those signs sometimes are the smallest little things around us. We could be sat watching TV and we get a mental image of that person. We get a memory come in. We have a wave of emotion just hit us as we rejoice in a scene on the TV or a film or something that reminds us. It could be a certain smell. It could be the looking at somebody on the street that looks just like your brother, your father, your sister, mother, daughter, child. And it could be just living in that celebration that we've had time with them by those memories that have been brought in there. So there could be umpteen things. It could be the radio that's playing something. It could be your best friend who says a particular phrase or a set of words that your loved one does. At that moment that they're with you, encouraging you to live life to the full, the best that we can. So take everything you can do and have knowledge and, and real belief that they're around you. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because so many people want signs. They want to know their loved ones are with them. And I know at our Sunday gathering today, and if anybody wants to watch the replay, that's in our library here from September 26, 2021. But we talked about creativity and we talked about our imagination would you mind putting on your tutor hat for a little while and just talking about how the spirit world communicates with us? Because so many people feel like they haven't heard from their loved one. And I think they're waiting for some bolt of lightning or some big grandiose sign, yet they might smell a cologne or they might smell the chocolate chip cookies that mom made every Sunday. And they just say, oh, it's just my imagination. Could you talk a little bit about that? faculty of our imagination and connecting. Absolutely. There's a real expectation that the spirit world is going to appear before us, that our loved ones are going to appear. And the odd person does get that. There have been documented cases where loved ones have appeared before the person and said, by the way, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm, I'm, I've left this physical world and I now re reside in the spirit world. And then they've had the phone call that says your grandfather, your grandmother or your relative has passed. But those become further, um, they become more rare as you move on because our loved ones want to really make sure that we know they're close. They want to let us know. So they'll do everything in their power to let us know. And that's not to say the signs weren't going to be there anyway. So the feathers, the pennies, the songs, they were there anyway, but what your loved one has done is captured your attention so that you're aware of the song or the feather or the penny or the number on the clock or that you wake up at that precise time or you look at the license plate. You could have looked that way, but you didn't. You looked that way and that car had the license plate. It's our loved ones coming forward and influencing us in a way that generates that knowledge to want to look one way or the other or to stop or to turn that way instead of turning that way and you meet the person that you want to speak to or were just thinking of and then we hear people say but they don't give me as many signs now I used to get signs all the time and that has a purpose to it when we're in deep grief we can become as reliant on the signs that our loved ones send us as we did when they were there physically with us. 
So if we receive sign after sign after sign, it in some way has an effect on us for us not to have to move through the grieving process. But we have to, and our loved ones know that. So often our loved ones, probably not through choice, probably giving a, given advice from some well um, advised person that knows more than we do to say, you need to step back now and give your loved one space to have that grieving time. And then you'll be able to come back. And that's why when we hear, especially when we've got parents who have had children that have gone to the spirit world, where the parent says, I used to get signs all the time, and now I don't. But then we've spoken to them some period afterwards, see, our reading hasn't worked. We've then spoken to them a couple of months later, something in them has shifted. Something in them has had to stop looking externally for those signs and had to go inside and worked through this horrible thing called grief and done that internal journey. Something tiny shifts and it releases something that makes the spirit world able to interact in a different way or the same way. And we found that this goes through cycles where there'll be lots of signs and then there'll be less and then there'll be lots of signs and then it will change. It will become maybe a fragrance or a taste or a sense of a presence instead of pennies and feathers and signs and songs. It's our loved one's way of walking us through that awful process called grieving in a way that doesn't leave us feeling lost, but encourages us with love to do that journey because they know that it's the best thing for us in the long run. We live in what we call a physical world because we can touch things, we can see things, we can taste things, we can relate to it because what we see and what we touch is factually, objectively there. But we're also programmed by life that through early childhood, we're told what's right and wrong. School tells us how to be, how to think, how to act. We then are by our peers as well and parents, and then we get employed in a job if we're lucky enough. And our employer says, you've got to do things this way. So we're psychologically uh, programmed, but we have a natural ability within us that a lot of you will know as being like a daydream. We can drift off into our own little world. Some people call it imagination. And sometimes that imagination is just as real, that daydream, as our physical world. It's that altered reality within us. Well, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't done anything. But our minds, our consciousness has this wonderful ability to alter its state of being. And once we start to practice and believe in this and start to question it, my theory is that we live in glass houses. And I don't mean a greenhouse or something you grow your plants in. I mean, we are ourselves a glass house. We are quite transparent. We know our loved ones are only a thought away. That means they can interact with our thoughts. That means our thoughts are very much alive and living. So if you think that we're in grief or we're daydreaming and, and we're in that moment and the consciousness has moved, then all that is like communication to the spirit world. It's been sent out. You are that transparent glass house. And those in that spirit world, heaven, the unseen world, summerland, whatever you want to call it, listen. And it's almost, if you will, like a prayer. 
And there's distinctive three different types of prayers. There's the prayer of where we cry from hell, where life is just not good and it's an emotional plea. Then there's that prayer of, oh, I wish life would be, I wish I'd get that job. I wish that works out. And it comes from a different place. There's an intention, but there's a different place. But then there's that third prayer, which comes from within your soul's consciousness that is just a, a, a call out to the better things in life, that stage of a mindful presence of enlightenment. But we're reaching out through there, through the daydream. And this is where the magic can happen, because as the mind shifts in the consciousness, the spirit world can impress upon that mind. Now, how they impress on it is entirely up to them. But if we look at the daydream state just for a second, in that daydream, you might see something, you might hear something, you might live some experience as, as you could snap back the consciousness of every day, what we call the beta state, snaps back to the present and paying attention. You're listening to me now in the beta state, hopefully, and not in the deeper alpha or the theater I've put you to sleep. So if we look at the mindset and how it can move in the different variations of the altered states of the mind, then if we look at the daydream state and we say we're really strong in vision, then when it comes to spirituality, mediumship, then we know the faculty of clairvoyant is there. Because people think that mediumship is in a separate entirety to psychic, which is the soul. Well, actually, mediumship is a tiny part of the psychic faculty. We have a soul, we have the spirit, and it's all part of that. So even psychically, we can have a daydream and foresee something happening. We walk around the corner, it's like, oh, to give you a perfect example of that, myself and Kerry the other day were walking on the beach, as we often do, to get away and question and have our creativity. And I said to Kerry, I said, we're going to find a phone. So I started looking on the floor, didn't find anything. Then as we carried on walking about 100 yards further up, there's a phone sat in the middle of the path with its light on. And I thought, oh, there you go. We all have that ability to sense or seek but if we have the daydream, that means we've got a, a conscious faculty within our mind that can receive images as well. So the spirit world at any time can impress. So we may see something. We may have a really vivid dream that's like reality. And we wake up and we think, oh, I'm exhausted. It feels like I've been on a marathon with my brother. But hold on, my brother's dead and he was a marathon runner. So all these things can be impressed upon you, even where the sound where you might imagine your loved one. And we, this is one of the things we tend to do. And I, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. It's sometimes where we hear a loved one's voice and we go, oh, it's just my imagination. But we have that faculty within the daydream state that we can hear so they can use that process. And it's same with the inner feelings we have and senses of strong love we have for somebody. So we can be sat minding your own business. We feel that wave of emotion and we just imagine our loved one. We get the impression that there it feels like we're being held. Everyone has these abilities. It's not just mediums. We all have that right to communication. Mediums have born with a, a better facility to understand that those, those processes happen naturally. But everyone has that right to a daydream. If you can daydream, you can receive those impressions. Now, it takes me back to a memory with myself and Carrie and you, Sandra, where we were at Boston and Scott and Darren were there, and we introduced sitting in the power to people. 
And there's a lot of people from Helping Parents Heal and other groups there as well, Hearts, uh, Child, or Butterflies, or what it was called. Do apologize for getting it wrong. Um, but I remember a mother after we'd done the um, experience saying, It's the first time I've seen my son. I saw my son clearly. All we did is say, just go into this place, took them through that journey, have no expectation. Send your thought to the spirit world. I'd love for you to get in touch in any way, shape or form and let go. Create the space and let them come in because we have this wonderful thing called consciousness that can move and be impressed on. Even where we can smell things, taste things. It's absolutely marvellous what the human capability has the possibilities of. And I think we're still discovering things today and mediums the development each time we sit, each time we work, is a new opportunity for the spirit world to engage with us in a different way. Why should it be the same? Why should it be like a shopping list? It's the same contact, same things. We know that mediumship's not an exact science. Sometimes contacts don't open up or don't work. But it's the personal experience and growth of the medium, but also to the person, anybody that has lost somebody because we all have this ability within us. And when we're when we're in grief, that imagination tends to be a little bit more difficult to get into because we're looking for it. If we, if I were to ask you, um, can I do a little experiment? Oh, sure. So if I were to ask everybody that's listening, as long as you're not driving or working any mechanical machinery where you're going to chop off a finger. This is where the health and safety warning comes. <laughs> if it's safe to do so, close your eyes and imagine yourself going to your own front door and imagine yourself unlocking your own front door and walking in. Now, change that slightly. You're going to walk up to a different door, a door of somebody else, a door of somebody in the spirit world, but it's their door that you used to go to. And whether you would unlock it or they would open the door, would you ring the doorbell, would you use a door knocker on it, whichever way. Whichever way that happens, that's your imagination. Now, you can open your eyes now. Now, whatever happened for you in that very special space, there's something happens when we're in deep grief that we can't allow ourselves to be in that vulnerable space of imagination. There's something stops us and we think our loved ones are not reaching us. But in actual fact, we're in this space. Your book talks about this, Sandra. When we're in this space where we're putting our, our cell phone, mobile phone in the fridge and we're putting the butter in the freezer and we're putting the sugar in the oven and we're just doing all sorts of crazy stuff because our brains are not functioning in its normal way. Imagination and daydreaming is just a little bit in the same space as where our sensible mind is. But it's only when we begin to move through that what Phil's talking about begins to happen. And at that point, we begin to question it because 
we don't want to believe because what if it's wrong? Then we go back to that place of grief. Thing is, you'll never go back to that old place. That old place is in the past. With grief, you move through. It might feel as painful, but it's a different space you're in. Different learnings, different development. You're a different person than you were the day before when you felt that previous experience. As you move through, your imagination begins to become a little bit freer. And that's when our loved ones can come in and give you that, that feeling of them laughing or that feeling of what, you know, when you've said, oh, I can imagine what you'd be telling me. And all of a sudden you get a feeling of, yeah, you're blooming well right. You think, mm. Oh, and we dismiss it. But in actual fact, chances are that's our loved ones coming in through a feeling. Mm. And it's funny, if you wouldn't mind me just sharing this little bit, you acknowledged today, Sandra, that it was my birthday on Thursday, the 23rd of September, if anyone wants to know. <laughs> Write it down on. for next year, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a perfect day to celebrate life and we all enjoy it and that, that's what we do. But I had some news on that day and we, we did a demonstration the next night and, and I dedicated it to a friend who died on that day. A lovely lady called Jude Byrne, member meeting her in Holland, uh, having some wonderful uh, communication and conversations about uh, shamanism and drums and all kinds of things. And I've got to know her over a few years and same with Kerry. But to learn of her passing wasn't a sadness within me. It was a celebration that somebody has gone home. And when we did a demonstration on the Friday night, I dedicated the demonstration to her. But I used that to use my own prayer to send all that energy to help her to heal, to come to terms. And for all her friends and family and people that may have known her to really enjoy her celebration of life of who she was because we know that she won't want people mourning for her and it's hard to say that when you lose a dear friend but it's that understand and acceptance that we haven't lost them they've just moved on to another world and it brings us comfort to know that they're around they can inspire us through all these methods we've just talked about and, and through these processes of meditation or sitting in the power uh, that are simple that are free that just take a little bit of time but we have to, and I'll quote Jude on this, we have to go through a time of learning of self. We have to get to know self. And it's these moments that we are at our deepest sorrow or lowest ebb that we start to question who we are and how we are and start to find ourselves and build ourselves back up. Because once we've been to that lowest point, as a good friend of mine used to say, there's only one way and that's back up to live again. So it's taking that strength and knowledge that our loved ones are always around us. We just can't physically reach out and touch them. But through our senses, this imagination, this creativity, the mind, the consciousness, our feelings, because if we look at ourselves mentally, we can visualise, as Carrie got you to do, emotionally we can feel and sense. And it brings that power together, brings a different reality. And our loved ones can impress upon that, that can have a physical, it might be subjected to us, that we, all, we only experience it. But it's a physical feeling that we have objective experience in that spiritual state of being in consciousness. So we were 
ask everybody to practice this because it brings a, a calmness to life and it also brings that spiritual quality and understanding in as well. Well, thank you both. For anyone who's watching right now, this is what it looks like being in a class with Carrie and Phil. And if you're listening right now, just imagine these two beautiful people side by side with uh, so much joy and, and so much truth and so much integrity. So I thank you guys for that. Should we let people know what we are cooking up? What's going on? What's happening? Because um, the future is still uncertain as far as the virus in the world, but you want to share some of the things we've got going on? Yeah, I'd love to um, let everyone know that we are staying online. We're not going anywhere. We've, 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 it wasn't intentional. We had the idea. We've created a family, a home, a community. We don't want to let that community down. As much as we've been serving you, you've been serving us and because you've got us through it as well. So I need to say, and Kerry does as well, and Sandra, say a big thank you to everybody that's been part of this family and, and that's who we call you know his family we've got to know a, a whole lot of people on, from different places in the world that have changed our lives and, and were better people for mm. it um but we've got the usual classes coming up which is the way to your spirit which is a very unique course where you really find out about who you are and understand where you fit into life, the intentions and purpose, the spiritual truths, how they're open to everybody, how we can move the consciousness, mindfulness, um, all these different states. Because we did some classes, for instance, we did a class on the 10 tips to avoid procrastinating. Oh, lovely. And then we did um, the eight steps to finding your true purpose. We looked at the awakening of the spiritual six side. Stages six stages of the stages, spiritual yeah. awakening. So these are the things we start. We tend to look at in the Tuesday class because we know that people are looking to how to spiritualize, how to find out more, how to be better and kinder people. And I quoted somebody on the Sunday gathering tonight, um, a, a lovely person that comes on who said that the partner has changed completely that the children of the partner or children have never been on but they must watch them and take notice and and they've said that their actions have been different it's been noted so it's all about having that understanding finding the true self and living the true life and then we've got our wednesday psychic classes which we ask everybody that wants to move on to mediumship we ask that they spend a period of time in the psychic classes because if if somebody understands their psychic ability then when it comes to understanding their mediumistic ability they've already practiced it on those that are breathing the only difference um, one of the differences is the person you're reading is no longer needing to breathe. There's a number of different differences as well, but the similarities are more than what they are different. And what we like to do is move things. People, people have gone from the Tuesday to the Wednesday and then to the Thursday, and we've got a lot of people that are on multiple classes. Then we've got our five-hour classes, and we've planned all of next year because you said, go ahead and plan next year. So we've got next year planned in, so we've got, five-hour classes once a month on a Saturday, which kind of top up the Wednesday and Thursday classes. And then our weekend workshops, which are more to do with formal training. They're very specific in terms of what we're tutoring. They're sometimes niche courses. So both Phil and I um, 
love to teach coaching because that's where we originally started self-development in, really self-development so we love developing those classes so the weekend courses go through clairvoyance they go through the formal training and also the personal development so we're moving to um the weekend courses tend to be a little bit more I wouldn't say challenging but that's maybe not the in, right in, word in fact somebody intense. used it intense, intense the word intense today which is good in a good way. Yes, in a good way. But we're actually building something a lot bigger because we've met up with quite a few of you and we've asked for feedback and the certain things you would love more of. And that's what we're trying to bring to you. So we've got a few classes up our sleeve um, that are going to exactly do that. We're going to bring one of the favourites back, actually, that people have asked for, and that's Let's Talk Mediumship. We've been planning it for about a month or so now, but we, we because we just haven't got the time with moving house, with all the classes and, and been having a little thing called, if we're allowed it, a vacation just for a week. <laughs> um, so we're bringing Let's Talk Mediumship back because people found it fascinating. They wanted further insights. And again, it's all part of the structure of your education. Because mm. um, one of the big things we, we love is the education but there's one thing that become, goes before education, and that's naturalness. We like to see the individuality of yourselves, the natural possession or process of your ability. Then we add all the processes on top of that. And debate as well. We started Lex Talk Mediumship the week after lockdown. I know a number of other large and small organisations have followed suit, but we started that and it was very popular. And then things changed. So what we wanted to do was move to where we felt the need was. And now the need seems to have gone back to we want to ask questions. We want to interact. We want to be able to um, debate. And that's how spirituality used to be learned was through debate, through living rooms and people's homes where they sat around and discussed the meaning of life and mediumship and all sorts of mediumship. So Phil and I, when we know way back when you said what we dreamed of, Spirit and Soul Foundation, what we dreamed of was our own academy. So we're on that road towards bringing in the academy and my suspicion is it's not going to be too long before we're able to offer different parts to different um, experiences, different um, interests and we're looking to meet as much as we can. I know we can't meet every need that's out there but what we see is increasingly People are curious. So what we want to be able to do is to walk people through that curiosity. And we're firm believers, as you've said, in logical, rational understandings that's done with compassion and integrity. It has to hold water. There's no point having theories that are one or two people's understandings. Phil and I both work from understandings that have been passed down through generations of mediums through spiritual mediums so what we're teaching isn't new some of the interactions where we've brought the personal development and the mediumship together to my knowledge it hasn't been done in the way that phil and i do it now but in terms of mediumship and personal development separately 
this isn't a new concept. It's been around a long time. In fact, um, in bygone days, personal development was the way people developed their mediumship. They were encouraged to sit with the spirit world. They were encouraged to have that inner journey. They were encouraged to commune with spirit and understand their own self, thereby developing their spiritual abilities. And we've kind of gone to spirit, developing the ability and forgetting about the ability of self and that spirituality yeah. in the background. So we want to shift that back to where it needs to be. And we also know, and, and like I said before, I don't want to repeat it, but I think it's really good to point it out, is that everyone's an individual and we all, we're all we all at different levels. So we're also going to be catering for the different levels. We're going to be putting classes on for the beginner, the intermediate, the intermediate to advance, uh, and, and in that period in between. So again, we're, we're starting to look really specifically, and those people in the family, in the community, know exactly what we're talking about, where somebody said to us today, you know, when I first came in almost 12 months ago, I wasn't quite sure about this all one and all all together, um, that family. Um, but now I understand why you've done it because we've all learned together. We've all been supportive. We've all nourished each other and grown with each other and we feel comfortable and safe. Because of that as well, we know we can see people progressing maybe quicker than others. So we want to now take that group of students to the next level, but also nurture the ones here to get them to that level. So it's all about the complete course. And that's where the academy comes in. That should be with us in November. Oops, did I say that? Yes, November. Wow. Well, I'm excited. And I know for myself, there's a distinction, whether you're on the court or you're in the stands. And I know for some people, just coming to a Sunday gathering and doing some reflection is just all that they need. And there's others that we talk about creativity and in tapping into our potential to be on the court and actually take a course and learn about ourselves and do that dive in or take a course in psychic and the mediumship. And I told the story during the Sunday gathering that my grandmother has, hadn't come through on a demonstration or even a one-on-one um, -on -one reading with the medium. And I just, you know, Grammy was the love of my life. I mean, just love Grammy. And it wasn't until I was sitting in one of your Thursday medium courses where she came through in a breakout room with one of the practicing students with so much evidence. And so for whatever that was, I uh, just rejoice and celebrate uh, I, you know, she trusted that medium and she wanted to work and try her hand at mediumship. It was really wonderful. So anybody listening or viewing right now, you don't need to want to be a psychic or medium and hang a shingle and work with the world, but for your own development, your own potential, your own curiosity as do I have these abilities? And the answer is yes. Now, some people are born with them, like people can be play piano when they're four years old. And others, it takes working at it, you know, but we, we all have this potential because we're a soul having a human experience. And I always say, if things seem too good to be true, you know, when you look at your hands and you think all we are down to the quantum level is vibrating invisible energy. And you think about the vastness of this ever expanding universe that each grain of sand we have on earth represents a thousand stars like our sun we human beings can't possibly fathom everything that's out there. 
So don't buy into that mind that says this can't be true. Certainly question things, certainly be skeptical. It's all good, but give yourself the gift of exploring your soul power. And uh, I love it. Carrie and Phil, I absolutely love our friendship. I love that we are conquering the world together and making a difference and, and just so much. I mean, I, I would have never, I could never imagine better friends and better people to help me be on my soul's journey. So thank you both. It's an absolute pleasure. And we love what we do. And we're all about helping people doing right by them. Um, the pandemic has been an awful thing we've all gone through. We've lost jobs, lost normal work, lost normal lives. Um, and we've stuck true to what we believe in, which is about service, helping people, bringing them answers, creating spaces for them. And we've been lucky enough and blessed and we, we really enjoy. So whatever we get out of it is fantastic. But to be part of a team that has the same philosophy that gives back to people is it, incredible. It, it's, it's very inspiring for us. And we get to see you guys change. We get to see you guys on the journey. And we're blessed with being part of your journey for a part of the time. Um, and, and for us, you will always be family. And these people that we meet now make a huge difference in our life with their support and their conviction. So it's nice to be part of that. And Sandra, you're the ones that's responsible for all of this, okay? Um, I'm laying the blame at your door. Um, I'm, I'm, no blame, really. You've had some wonderful ideas September 2019, you said, hey, guys, what about we go and do an online demonstration for charity? Yeah, it, it raised a fortune for children. It, it was fantastic. Hey, guys, what about we do a theatre performance? Yeah, no problem. We'll do that. We're up for that. But we're going to stream it live across the world. There's going to be 20 different countries. We're like, did we say yes to that? It, it's all part of having the fear and doing it anyway, but being of service to reach out, speak a truth, change people at a profound level, but also society, change society. Zoom, I think, has been wonderful because more people have got to know about the spirit world, its truths, and more about life. So last question for you guys each. There's going to be people that are joining us on our journey going forward. Some people, this is their only interaction that they'll ever have with Carrie and Phil. What piece of advice could you each give People, no matter if they know you or they don't, just going forward today. Mm. We're both going to speak at the same time. Then. Go on, Karen. It would be to trust, to trust and not lose yourself. We often get caught trying to be what we perceive other people want us to be. And it can be a world where we shift shape um, sometimes, where we are that type of person to that group and that type of person to that group. But the only thing that happens is we lose ourselves. And if you're watching this and you've gone through a loss, whether it be a person, a job, a place or any other thing, you'll have really gone back and had to question, what is this all about? Who am I? What am I about? If you go into that silence often enough, you'll hear that small voice. And I'm not saying that it's the spirit world speaking to you, although it might be, but often it's our own voice, our own inner voice that says, please hear me, 
please see me, please express me. That's when we talk about being your true authentic self. When you are your true authentic self, life gets a little bit easier. Life gets not trouble free, it's certainly not hell free, it's still up hills and downhills, but it become it becomes more on purpose. If you're authentically yourself, it means working free of other people's opinions. It means doing what feels right for you, even though not everybody else around about you might agree with you. If you can live with the outcome, then trust what that inner voice is telling you. The one thing that we can always do is make changes to what we're doing. Very rarely are the changes that don't have a U-turn. Often we're clever enough to be able to make adaptations to the decisions we make. So trust it. There's a very clever person, and I forget his name, said we often regret the things we don't do. So at least be authentically yourself. You'll never regret being that person because that's who you are. Mm. Thank you. And I was going to say what Kerry said. No, um, actually, there's a few things there. That's what usually when, when there's two of us, one says what the other one was thinking. Um, I think that we need to be, if I'm going to share anything with you, is to be your true, authentic self, to be who you are, to not try and compare yourself, as Kerry said, to do things that make you happy, to find the joys and live the life that you want to live, um, being kind, being considerate, um, being understanding, having empathy for others, but be true to your journey and, and follow your inspiration, work from your heart and always act from your heart uh, as well and rejoice in the things that you achieve uh, and, and enjoy them and know that it's you that's done them and take pride in it. There's a famous um, quote by Wayne Dyer, who said, we can stand at the back of a boat, a ship, a cruise ship, and we can watch the wake. Well, the wake is what you've done. You can either relish in that and talk about what you've done, or you can turn and about face and look to the future and celebrate who you've become, but see the journey that you've taken and keep on changing and keep on striving. And I think it is down to your intention, your purpose, but your own truth of light. Um, I think it was Nelson Mandela that said, don't light, don't hide your light under a bushel. Don't. You're here. There's only one of you. Shine brightly. Do what makes you feel happy while being kind and courteous to everybody else. Don't listen to other people. Follow your true calling. In fact, find your true compass. Let that light lead you and direct you. And I'll leave you with that. Oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Thank you both for being our guests today. And thank you. You are most welcome. And for our listener, Carrie and Phil's website is thespiritandsoulfoundation.co.uk. And so many of the things that are on their website are on our website as well. Not all, a lot of the specialty courses are just on their site, but you can find out and join one of our fun things, whether it's our Sunday gathering or one of our weekly courses or 
come with us on a five-hour course. Beginners are welcome. And for our advanced students, you get to learn things at a much deeper level. You can go to wedontdie.com. And if you click on the store button, you can see everything that's coming up. And even our Sunday gathering is there, which is free, but you can click on that and get the link for Zoom. Um, Also for our five hours and the two-day classes and so much more. If you scroll down, you'll see my book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death in the audio form. You can simply use coupon code FREE, F-R-E-E, and get a free listen of that. Uh, Chapter 10 is How to Survive Grief. And if you are in that club that nobody wants to belong to, uh, it really gives some great distinctions. Fast forward to chapter 10. Also, if you want to join our email list, it's at wedontdie.com. Just scroll to the very bottom and you can enter your email address and your name. You get a free copy of my book. It says only the first few chapters, but you know what? It's the whole book because I'm a giver. And we hope you join us and we hope you uh, come back and listen to another episode. Also, the new show, Shades of the Afterlife, is also at wedontdieradio.com. Just click on radio shows and you get links to both shows. We belong to a, we have a Facebook group and there's a tab there to join that as well. People need people. And I think my one bit of advice would be to don't get, don't get caught in your own mind. It can be a very dark and terrible place to be. Our mind doesn't always support us. <laughs> very rarely does. It makes us think about what we haven't done or makes us worry about the future. When you're with people that speak this language, they can help you through grief. They can help believe in the bigger purpose and certainly to believe in the afterlife because it is real. Your loved ones are just a breath away cheering you on. And someday you'll close your eyes, you'll open them again, and they'll be there with big hugs, looking healthy, well, perfect. Your pets will be there as well, but not too soon. We have a job to do here on earth and really to soak up and drink up every morsel and every drop of this place called earth because it is different and there is so much to learn here and a lot of joy to be had as well. So I hope you join and are part of our family. And in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain and it's always such a delight to be your host on We Don't Die Radio.com. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. Like Phil said, shine brightly, be you. You're one of a kind, you're special, you're unique. Might be a little quirky, we all are, but you're very, very deeply loved. So thank you for listening or for viewing, and we'll see you soon. 